truck and hit the road Our land is our home Welcome back. This is our 52nd episode for the Arlanders podcast. It is mind-blowing because it's already been over 50 episodes one, but we've done this podcast for a little over a year now. Um, it's pretty amazing how quick a year goes by when you launch something fresh. And that's pretty much the gist of what we're going to be talking about with our guest on today. He has launched a business with an amazing co-founder and they've recently hit one full year of doing business, which is pretty amazing. If you follow his Instagram account, um, you would probably know what exactly he's selling, but if you don't, it's seek out beauty. He's built a really solid and genuine following on his Instagram account and has turned that into a successful business with a co-founder, Luke. So without further ado, we have a really good friend of mine and just an overall good human being and a hustler. His name is Daniel Elo, and let's get into it. You started Tiny Rick Co. how long ago? Yeah, so we moved into the shop February 14th of Damn. 2021. That's crazy. Does yeah. it, feel, does it is it kind of like pretty rad to see a full year go by already? Yeah. And it's also a blur and it's like, I feel like a blur because of how much we're doing so quickly, like how yeah. into it we are, Yeah, but also COVID, right? Like COVID time just is the weirdest thing in the world. <laughs> yeah. So like both at once is like certain stuff feels like it was yesterday and then also like a year ago. Uh huh. So yeah, keeping track of time is pretty gnarly, but yeah, <clears throat> it's been rad. When you were, when you were growing up, you grew up kind of close to me. So we, I grew up in Seal Beach and you grew up in Huntington, right? Fountain Valley, Huntington. Yeah. Yeah. Did you, uh, did you know this is what you wanted to do or like you kind of slowly no. got into the, what you're doing now? Yeah. So I guess to keep it short, um, <laughs> it's kind of funny. So I was like a super little kid behind the TV. Uh-huh. Like I would go behind like the big screen and just like pull plugs out and like figure stuff out. Uh-huh. And so I like became the cable repair guy for the family. Like when I was like five, I'm not exaggerating. Like <laughs> I was like- just always into tech. Right. So uh-huh. it's like me talking about the headphones with you and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Sitting down. Um, so I was either going to be, a sushi chef or a truck driver. That's like what I told my parents. <laughs> so neither of those things so panned out. Um, and then in high school, I was torn between computer science and culinary. Okay. Um, and I was like pretty set on culinary okay. until I talked to a chef. And the chef basically just said, you're going to have no work-life balance. You work every night. Like you're not going to see kids. Yeah. Um, and so I was like, okay, computer science it is. Okay. But I hate school. Yeah. So, which is we've, we talked about that too. And I think I I know we jumped into it pretty quick, but I think for, if you, if you follow our landers and you, you've listened to the podcast, you've most likely seen Daniel's Instagram at seek out beauty, um, really good photographer and just like an overall good storyteller, I would say, because people know you from your red Tacoma, right? Yeah. And you just like you're talking about the TV pulling stuff apart, you just started freaking building that thing up from uh, from a TRD Pro to what it is now, which is like one of a kind full TRD. Not even, a t- I feel like it's not even a TRD anymore. It's got uh, <laughs> stitching in the headrest. That's say it. That's <laughs> in a couple badges. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, and it's funny too, right? Cause like the TRD Pro thing comes up somewhat often. Like it's coming up less and less now. Yeah. Um, but for a while it was right. And it was kind of like an Instagram knock thing of like, you're a moron for buying a TRD pro. Uh huh. Um, and honestly it was just when the time I bought the TRD pro, like I thought it was gonna be more truck than I ever needed. Yeah. Right. Um, That's I didn't funny. 
that's how you thought back then, huh? Yeah, and like I'm an idiot for it because I know myself, right? <laughs> yeah. And like I say that now, <laughs> and it's just everything I do, I go nuts on. Yeah. So probably should have bought like a TRD off road. Yep. Yeah. Um, but no regrets because it was a learning experience. Yeah, hundred percent. And, and it took you to where you are now. Yeah. You know. So that's Absolutely. like this the story we're going to be telling about the whole path of like that truck to you building it out and you making connections with a lot of people in the industry. Cause you, you do, you kind of uh, spearheaded your own, you know, connections and yep. made your way through this like industry that we have now, like Overland, I guess, right. You can consider yeah. it the Overland industry. Um, but tiny rig co, how would you, if people don't know tiny rig co, but they know you, how would you describe tiny rig co and what they do? Yeah. So our focus is, essentially like the big foundation of it right from a product standpoint uh -huh. is we only sell stuff we trust. Right. And that came from me learning about overlanding for the most part through social media. Okay. Right. So I didn't grow up going camping, but a lot of what I learned came from either watching YouTube like X overland or trail recon or way of life and taking those learnings and like applying logic to the things that I saw people doing. Okay. And then doing those things to my truck. Yep. But some of the things that I did to my truck, I wasn't in love with. Yeah. Right? And as soon as I got on, put some of those parts on, I went out camping. I was worrying about the stuff that I was doing on the weekend, maybe yeah. the weekend before. And it was taken away from my experience on the trail. Yeah. So what we wanted to do, right. Cause we wanted to do the mini truck thing, which didn't pan out, mm -hmm. but it was, I put that camper on my truck, the alley cab canopy camper. Mm -hmm. And our whole thing is we only sell stuff we trust. I don't want any customers that we have to have the experience of, I'm adding products, especially expensive products to my truck mm -hmm. and it's not adding to the trip. It's taken away from it because I'm worried about stuff falling apart. Yep. So the products we sell and the services that we provide and the installs that we do, you're never going to worry about it on the trail. Yep. It's just going to add to it and complement camping. And like it says on our website, like we want you to be able to get outside more often Yep. and enjoy the beautiful planet. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Cause I think that's, I, if I had all the money, you know, to do a build, I would, I would feel confident to say like, yeah, I'll just drop it off, leave it in Daniel's hands. And then when I pick it up, it's like, it's ready. And I, I won't have to worry about, man, I really wish I would have done this storage system or went with this camper shell or yep. this solar company or whatever. I'll name some of the brands that we work with, I guess. So Power Break, um, Goose Gear, um, for batteries, we're doing Battleborn. For solar panels, we do Sunflare and Red Arc. Uh -huh. For more electrical, we do Red Arc and Victron. Um, Baja Designs, KC, um, Alucab. I literally don't sell other tents than other than Alucab right now. Yeah. Um, and I mean, that's, those are freaking bomb proof, dude. Alucab stuff. Yeah. They're literally bomb proof. Yeah. So I crashed my truck in the desert going 75 miles per hour. Uh, the one you and, told me in Anza when uh, you whacked that rock and you almost freaking flipped it. No, that was a different one. Um, <laughs> No, this was, uh, I had gotten my shocks tuned on my truck and Carissa was saying, Chris was my wife, uh -huh. uh, was saying that the ride wasn't as nice as the old tune. And I was like, oh, this one's meant to go fast. And uh -huh. she was like, well, let's go fast. <laughs> so we let the whole group go ahead of us and we ripped down a road that was like three and four foot whoops. And then all of a sudden it was like five, six foot whoops. Uh -huh. And so that was, it's just too big for my truck. So, oh, I basically like jumped the first like five and a half foot whoop I and then that. cased it on the second. So that was kind of gnarly. It was gnarly. Like it blew up the back window. Yeah. Um, my engine bay is all bent up still from it. Um, ripped up the fiberglass. Um, but like obviously the camper's fine, right? And then yeah. there was the other morning where 
it's like the day after expo and I was exhausted and I drove on the freeway for three hours with my camper open. Uh, I'm going like 75. What Like the tent? Yeah, the tent. So like the wedge was open on the freeway. No one, was, no one, everyone always asked that. It was like three o'clock in the morning that I left camp and it was pitch blackout. And so like, you're a savage. I'm not a savage. I'm an idiot. <laughs> That's so <laughs> it's, sketchy, dude. It's dumb. <laughs> um, it's really dumb. And um, it, it's crazy part is that, that the tent is like, that's a full like wind sail. Oh yeah. So it felt like I had like death wobble. Like I was driving like a Jeep with death oh, wobble. And uh-huh. like, I'm looking at semi trucks, like, and thinking like, okay, I feel like there's a ton of wind right now, but the semi trucks aren't going anywhere. What the hell is happening? Uh-huh. So I planned when I stopped to just check my wheels to see if maybe I had like a loose wheel or something like that. Uh-huh. And the dude at the gas station was like, hey, man, you know your shit's up? <laughs> I looked and my tent was open. I was just like, oh, my That's God, so how did I just do that? Uh, That's hilarious, dude. The worst part is I actually I stopped before I got on the freeway uh-huh. and checked my back door because I thought I left my back door You didn't open. even look up? Didn't even look up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, not my brightest not your, moment. Yeah. But it's a good testimonial for customers to it let is them great. know that like, yeah, you're going like, shit's solid. So a lot of our customers actually don't know that we do all that stuff, right? Like uh-huh. they don't know that we can get a max tracks. They don't know we can get a ARB stuff. Um, we have to kind of educate them and we don't really focus on that. We're yeah. not trying to sell as much suspension as we can. Yeah. We're trying to, for the most part, focus on selling all cab, mm-hmm. keep the focus super narrow. Um, and then with a super limited product line, that means more product knowledge for the specific things that we sell. Mm-hmm. I don't really need to, you know, if a customer calls and asks about a product, very rarely do we have to do any extra research on it because yep. we're not experts on it. Yeah. Um, and so like if we're doing a build, right, like a, I would say our nicer builds and I'll even give you like a dollar figure kind of of the yeah, range. That'd so be good. if someone comes in for a canopy camper, typically a lot of times they plan on spending like 11 grand, we'll call it. That's uh the camper, just the canopy or the camper. That's the canopy camper. So that's the one that you have that slides in and removes the tailgate, It doesn't right? slide in. Um, it does it pretty much as we'll call it a semi-permanent install. Uh, oh, it doesn't it, slide in. It's it, not removable. It goes on. You, how do you, ins- you install it from the top? Yeah. It gets dropped on with a forklift. Got it. Okay. Very gently dropped on. I would say the least that we're going to do uh-huh. is the camper uh-huh. and then like an old man emu leaf pack. Okay. Um, so that's like the basic, right? And then we yeah. do like our advanced ceiling thing. Which is um, rad. Which is super rad. Yeah. If you guys are on Instagram, which I'm sure you guys are. Um, you can see like some advanced ceiling stuff on our Instagram and mm-hmm. it's just like little videos we've put, mm-hmm. but essentially we're going above and beyond on the typical installation and making sure that the camper stays dust proof and waterproof works really well. Yeah. Um, but we might have, we'll call it like a $14,000 canopy camper install. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we'll go up to like $60,000 builds. Jesus. Dude. Um, yeah. Where we're doing like bumpers, lights, oh, the know, full crazy suite. electrical, the goose gear, like everything. Red right arc, that's, all that shit. That's a... We've had people go from the dealership like two days before and bring us a brand new truck. I've seen that. And they're literally plastic still in the interior, like yep. wrapped. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know if we went off too far on that. No, no. I mean, that, that gives you, that gives people also another, I think it's, it's hard to encapsulate. It's hard to encapsulate like a shop, right? And like, if you're just like a mechanic shop, mm-hmm. that's a little easier because people can digest what a mechanic shop is what a suspension shop is, what a tire shop is. Yeah. But Tiny Rico is a little bit different in the sense where it's, I would almost consider it like an adventure shop. Yeah. Like, so we call ourselves adventure vehicle outfitters. There you go. I mean, that, and that's like a new thing I would say for California, USA, you know, almost like there's not many. I think we're seeing them now ever since this kind of explosion. Yep. Um, which makes sense because all that means is there's a demand in the market. Yeah, so I just got distracted by his turtle. So <laughs> just so you guys know, Jaime has a, 
a turtle that you've had forever, right? Yeah, it's their mascot. Yeah, so their mascot's chilling like, I don't know, four feet in front of me in the corner. And Jeez. before we started this, Jaime pulled the plug on him. So <laughs> no, no. Right <laughs> that sounds terrible. <laughs> I know, but he just swam across his tank. So it just distracted me. Yeah, I always say that's our mascot because there's a camper shell on it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's pretty good, huh? <laughs> Is that right to say like, I think that's what I kind of wanted people to understand what like, with the industry growth over the past almost like year and a half, two years, like that, I think we'll start to see more shops like that. But Tiny Rig was probably one of like the first, especially in our area, to do that, which is like come in, get your goose gear, get your slides, get this camper shell, like fireplaces inside your camper shell, like crazy shit like that, full blown solar. You know, that's like a newer thing for a lot of people. Yeah. I don't know that there's really super overland based shops right i think a lot of shops have been mechanic shops that mm -hmm. have started to take on like overland products for sure um i will say goose gear which was right across the parking lot from us yeah previously before they moved and before we moved in um was for the most part that shop yeah right? so they they actually did sell alucab way back in the day they like, did they did i don't remember that um exactly so like you didn't remember that but like Goose Gear was the shop that you could show up to and do a $50,000 build. Yeah. Right? They would do a Habitat on it, um, their Goose Gear interior build out, yeah. custom electrical, suspension. The 51, armor. what is it, 5110s or something? What is that? 5010 campers. 5010 campers. He's like the first one I remember seeing that yep. ever. He's the importer of it. So he saw it in Germany and I met him at a minute. He might have met him at Expo. Uh, yeah. But yeah. I think where I saw it. Rad campers, you guys should check those out. 50, what are they 10. called? 5010. 5010. And it's a, it's a bed replacement. You take your bed off, right? Correct. So flatbed campers, not really. Um, based out of Germany, and just it's like the most German engineered things. Just beautiful. Yeah. So that was like a good explanation of what a, your shop would be considered and what your audience like. How do you serve the audience, right? Correct. Your customer. Yep. So going back to it, you didn't start Tiny Rig with like a big business plan. It was like it was very natural the way it happened, right? Yeah. Um, so I guess. I'll try to make it as quick as possible. Um, Luke <laughs> being my best friend and yeah. my business partner. Yep. Um, he's the co-founder, was a yacht captain, mm -hmm. was a engineer and first mate before. So he's mechanically extremely talented and used yeah. to doing very high attention to detail type work. Yeah. Um, and then I've got like that OCD, notice everything, super anal, want things perfect mentality yeah. and some 12 <laughs> volt. That. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then I've got like that 12 volt audio background and I was into like car audio um, growing up and computers and whatnot. So yeah. like from a wiring standpoint, right? Like it was, we complimented each other for sure. Really nicely. For sure. Um, so him and I were going to do, uh, like side hustle, Japanese mini trucks. If you guys don't know what those are, like a lot of times they're K trucks, key trucks, people call them, I guess it interchangeably. Um, but they're super rad. They're rad. Yeah. So yeah. it's Suzuki carry is a really popular one. Uh -huh. Um, Luke has a Honda Acti attack. Um, and these are like little commercial vehicles that are, really popular in Japan and Asia, uh -huh. Philippines. A lot of times they're farm trucks or delivery trucks. Yep. They're little flatbed guys. They're four by four and they have rear locking diffs and low gears. So like, so random they're little mountain goats. Yeah. They're so random though. Yeah. But that's very Luke. Like Luke is the guy that drew as like a five-year-old living in a van and surfing in it. Yeah. Right. And like, it wasn't a thing back then, like maybe a Volkswagen bus, but like, uh, Luke built a transit van like seven years ago and lived out of it full time when he wasn't living Damn, on the boat. Damn, that is amazing. I forgot about that. Yeah, so he's um, he had that transit van and wanted to get a little further off-road. Uh -huh. And they were having to turn around in places because it's a two-wheel drive transit van. Okay. So he wanted to build these little... Can you drive this on the freeway? 
the mini trucks? Yeah. You can. So like his is registered as a motorcycle in Arizona. <laughs> um, so it's got a mini motorcycle plate on it. But um, like he took it through Cleghorn on the way to King of Hammers. Okay. And it did Cleghorn like just fine. Like it's not even, you don't think about it. Yeah. Um, but it's a tiny little tin can that weighs 1,500 pounds. Yeah. So freeway, he doesn't ever drive it on the freeway. No. But you can um, take it up down PCH all day. Yeah. So he drove it to work for a while till he had that power wagon. Yeah. Um, but the plan was to do that. Okay. So we were going to build out these mini trucks into little overland vehicles. We still want to do it. And like you can see, like once we started doing research, it's like a little culture in Japan. Yeah. They're rad. Yeah. Um, and those guys camp. And like if you guys haven't ever looked at like Japanese overland culture or camp culture, look it up. It's it badass, is huh? like the most elegant, but like simple and refined. <laughs> yeah. So like you saw like my Snow Peak torch. Yeah. Right? That's, like, what, like, that's what all that shit reminds me of like Snow Peak vibe. Yeah. You know? So um, we were going to do the mini truck thing and we were going to do it on the weekend. And like Luke's wife told him, Hey, you should talk to Daniel about turning it into a business. Luke mm-hmm. just wanted one for himself and he wanted to build it out. Uh-huh. They're going to tow it behind the transit van, like an RV towing, like a Jeep. So random, but just dude. smaller. Right? So badass though. Um, and COVID tore that up, right? Like yeah. the pricing of stuff went nuts. So I had just put that camper on my truck, the alley cab. That was in 2020 or 2019? 2020. Really? It was October that? October of 2020. I feel like it was, you had that thing for a long, long time. No, dude. Um, COVID time, I'm telling you. It's Damn, messes that's things wild. Up. So put the camper on the truck um, while COVID was like destroying the... Um, the auction market in Japan to import vehicles. Mm. And once that kind of fell through, I asked Luke, I was like, Hey, you want to try to sell alley caps? Yeah. Cause we did my install outside yep. of Outgear shop. Um, and from there it was, you know, asking Ren at okay, four wheel drive or alley cab mm-hmm. USA. Hey, you know, what do you think of us doing this? And he was down from the start. Yeah. Um, and so we had going back all the way to your question, right? Like business plan. Yeah. Um, original business plan was super loose part-time side hustle, uh, mini trucks, <laughs> mini trucks. And then it was like camper shells. And mm-hmm. I would say not necessarily a business plan, but we put together some spreadsheets and stuff like a rough idea, see. right? Yeah. So we, we would see if it was sustainable. Right. And we yeah. kind of, from the start thought that we could turn it into a full-time thing, uh-huh. but didn't expect it to happen as quick as it did. Yeah, for sure. So it went from me having a conversation with someone on Instagram about, rear mounted winches for a gladiator uh-huh. to him mentioning that he was looking at campers and I told him to check out alley cab. And then he became the first sale. That was like January 15th of 2021. And tiny rig was already up at that point. No. Okay. So not marketed. Um, registered. We, yeah. So okay. it was registered like four months before for the mini truck stuff. So it's yeah. registered in Arizona because we knew that there was going to be smog stuff. Yeah with the mini trucks in california that's where the name comes from too because i feel like that's the funniest part when you look at what your shop does there's nothing tiny about it no and, and you'll appreciate this the name i came up with a name at uh, crema cafe in seal beach i love crema cafe so that's the crema <laughs> there's a plug it's a bakery too so uh, that down in like tiny rig and it was like a mock on i hate people calling overland trucks and vehicles rigs yeah right like to me a rig is like a big semi truck. <laughs> yeah. Or like an earth room or something like that. Right. Yeah. Like, but exactly. Yeah. So it was like a mock at it. If someone, I want people to look up what you're talking about, the little Japanese imports. Yep. And then I think that'll immediately click the tiny rig name. Right. But then that leads into the transition when that one guy was like, Hey, I want camper show. And you're like, okay, I think we can get it. You talked to okay. Four wheel drive prior or post to that. 
Before that. Okay. Right? So, so like, had we had going. Yeah. I want to say like in November, we were kind of approved to become a dealer. Uh-huh. Um, and we were going to work out of a shared workspace in Costa Mesa called Urban Workshop. Okay. So Urban Workshop is a place you get a membership. It's like a couple hundred bucks a month. Like a WeWork style? Yeah. Okay. Um, except it's for people who are kind of doing work with their hands. Okay. So like you can go and you can take a class for woodworking what? and get full access to basically their wood shop and all their tools. What is that place called? Urban Workshop. Damn, that's amazing that they have that stuff. It's really, really cool. And it's um, like a membership you pay and you have hands-on shit you can use there? Correct. So if you're someone who like is doing little woodworking projects, trying to build furniture in your house, yeah, and you're like, you know what, I want to build more furniture and I want to learn how to do some of this stuff, yep. you get an Urban Workshop membership. It's like 220 bucks. You have to take the cal- the class in order to use the tools because yep. it's safety stuff. Yep. Um, but you can learn how to weld. So Outgear Solutions actually started... Yep working in that place, really running his business out of it for a couple of years. That is amazing. The issue with the size of the stuff that we do yeah. is storage space. Yeah. So we sold that first camper January 15th mm-hmm. and that was kind of what put things in motion. Yeah. Um, you know, I called Luke. I was like, Hey, I sold one. He's like rad. You know, that's really cool. <laughs> and it was like, okay, so we got the memberships and whatnot, took some of the safety courses. Yep. And then we started advertising that we sell Alucap. Still, still considered a side hustle at this point. Correct. Yeah. Um, and we um, started marketing a little bit on Instagram, posting mm-hmm. it on Seek Out Beauty for the most part. Mm-hmm. Sold that first camper January fifteenth. Yep. We started posting on Seek Out Beauty that we sell Alucap. Mm-hmm. There was quite a few people in the area that just didn't have access to canopy campers and yeah. Alucap um, in SoCal. So there was a market for it. Yep. Um, and SoCal is a great market for the overland industry just in general. Yep. Um, so posted and like met, met a dude. I love this guy, um, Garrett and him and I had went back and forth on Instagram quite a bit. And uh-huh. like on the weekend, it was like, Hey, I'm going to come down to San Clemente where he lived and I'll meet you at the mall and I'll show you. And he like canceled on me a couple of times. And then finally we made it happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and so showed him the canopy camper on the truck. And it was cool. Cause like it's someone who had supported Seek Out Beauty and had followed. Mm-hmm. So he was like really excited to see the truck in person. Yep. But he already had researched Alucab Cab and like done his homework. And yep. so he was stoked. So he was like looking at the install, loved it. Um, and then again, like I said, planned to spend, we'll call it like 10 grand. Yeah. By the end of it, like in getting him his estimate and his invoice and stuff, he was at like seventeen grand. That's what eighteen grand. Did he go like Red Arc, the Goose Gear, all that stuff? He went with um, no Goose Gear. That was with the camper installed and several accessories. We'll call it okay. Um, I think there was like stage three Devers involved in that. Damn. Um, and so he was like customer one, and again, Garrett was. Yeah. Damn, um, that was your first. That's an amazing invoice for your first customer, dude. Yeah. And so like it, it got real though. So <laughs> yeah, like, that's like very, cause now you have to deliver all that. We shit. got two campers sold now. Right. So the first one was like a semi, we'll call it like a marketing thing. Uh-huh. Um, it went to a really good friend of an influencer that we felt was going to have really good exposure yeah. for both tiny rig and uh, Alucab cab in general. Yep. So like, I got a huge discount. Yeah. Um, then we sold it to Garrett and then same mall customer from San Diego. Um, and this is actually is, I hope this isn't like too far of a thing, but like quick little story about this customer is, um, young, young woman who had lost her father shortly Uh before and he was into off-roading and camping. Uh And so he passed away and left her money and she took some of the money that he left and bought a Tacoma because she wanted to start off-roading. She started doing research, came across CCAP beauty on Instagram, Mm -hmm. saw my camper, wanted my camper, then found out I sold them and wanted to buy 
I can't I think I remember you telling me this story. So this is Michelle. Um, and again, like one of our favorite things about Tiny Rig is that we, I mean, I feel like every shop would probably say this, but like nobody's too good for us or like we're not too good for anyone. Yeah, of course. And so like this person has zero experience. Yeah. And so like that night on the mall parking lot structure of the San Clemente Mall, mm-hmm. I taught her what leaf springs were, um, showed her how to engage four wheel drive on her truck. Um, and then she met me at the church behind my house with a cashier's check for $26,000. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So it's just like, that's mind blowing. The amount of trust from people, which seek out beauty kind of gave me that. Like, I mean, obviously if I steal $26,000 from someone, like there's 20,000 people following my Instagram account, you could easily blast me out. Right. So like that helped build the trust. Um, but it was also just really cool to, put together this camper system for her for her yep and then like one of the things we did for her too that like i want to share because i feel like it's important is like we have these core values and one of them is do the right thing and like she spent a ton of money with us Mm -hmm. and we forgot to invoice her for a battery upgrade for her truck Mm -hmm. and she wasn't doing dual batteries so she did need to upgrade her battery in her truck Mm -hmm. and so we just surprised her with it the day she picked up her truck with a nice odyssey battery Mm -hmm. so that like we didn't invoice her for her, but it was like a gift of like, hey, thank you for yeah. trusting us being customer too. Yeah. It didn't feel right to ask for more money yeah. after this person <laughs> trusted us with that much money, right? Yeah. So like Did you have a shop yet? Uh yeah. So I guess that's the word is we ended up selling in thirty days, we sold seven campers. That's <laughs> <laughs> <Sick>, huh? <laughs> Oh, such a dork. Uh, but yeah, we sold a bunch really fast and then it became like an oh shit moment of like, there's no way Urban Workshop's going to work for this because yeah. um, I think it was a hundred square foot of space, which yeah. only held two campers, was a thousand dollars a month. Yeah. So all of a sudden we're talking, okay, a thousand dollars plus $250, $200 memberships, we're at 1400 bucks. So now You're it's almost like, at a rent. Like rent, rent. Just go rent for the shop. So we looked at a space actually right across, shout out to Marvin from Beyond Wraps, like right across <laughs> in Santa from Anna? in Santa Ana. Yeah. Um, you wouldn't even be able to fit the power wagon in there. A quarter of the size of Marvin's shop. Okay. Damn. It was like a one car garage. His shop is like relatively, it, you can put two in, I think, his shop, right? Side his by car side. is probably between like the size of a two and three car garage, but a little bit deeper. Yeah. And then he's got like the storefront portion of it. Got it. Um, so all of a sudden, yeah, we needed to find space and like um, we found the space and like I think both of our wives or my fiance or girlfriend at the time, like they were panicking. Yeah. Right. Of like, oh my gosh. Because like, you had a full time job. You guys both had full time jobs. We had full time jobs. We had really good jobs. Um, and then we we're about to sign like a two or three year lease. Yep. So his wife had said, like, before we sign the lease, she's like, you need to sell like seven campers before you do it. And you did. And we did. Yeah. Um, and it's cool because Luke's Luke and his wife are both very positive and I would say like unorthodox in kind of how they think. Uh-huh. And his wife really believes in like if you will things, like they'll happen. For sure. And so she was like, We're setting this goal and we're gonna hit it. Right. Yeah. And uh, shout out to his wife for designing our logo. Yeah, that turn that logo is like like it's a clean, it's an everlasting logo in my opinion. It's red. I have to I had a look at it when I did the shirts one time. Oh, <laughs> oh like, yeah, you were stoking the file. I, I like, think it's yeah, right. when you sent me the file, I was like Oh, well, they must have actually had a designer do their logo. Yep. Because most shops you get a logo from, it's just a PNG. I'm like, you sure you don't have an art file laying around? Like, what is Vector? And I'm like, God damn it. (laughs) No, she gave us and she gave us a bunch of different options um, for logos. And I was stoked on that one. Yeah. Uh, Luke really liked another one she did. I don't know the if I ever showed you. Yeah, the ant I with love the, the ant one. And that was to like symbolize the tiny thing. Yeah. And it was like, you know, an ant's tiny, but really strong. Yeah. Um, so... 
Yeah, shit got real really fast. Signed the lease, which you guys are based in Westminster, right? Correct. Yep. And your shop is, I mean, twenty two hundred square feet. It's perfect though. For for I mean, you guys are going to be upgrading here hopefully at some point, right? We kind of desperately need to get yeah. a bigger space. Well, see, I think this is kind of like the the best part about it if you're listening to it and. The side hustle naturally turned into the full-time hustle. Yep. But that was also a nod to you and just your ability to like take those extra days. Like you cared about your Ollie cab so much. You would, I remember you telling me when you first put it on, you would just go drive places no matter like if they were interested, you're like, I'll show you. And you would just drive out to them. Yeah. Remember you would park, I think you were like in like Newport area and, um, and I think you just like set up your thing and you, at some point you just had like a crowd of people around your truck. Was oh that yeah. Um, it was a supercar show. Yeah. It like it, your truck obviously was like the most <laughs> random thing there, but you just opened up and you just probably got like an order just because naturally people are like, I've never seen this before. No orders, but, um, definitely drew a big crowd. That was um, sick. So it was rad. Cause it's the Newport beach, uh, like fashion Island car show. That's like dead now. Is it dead? Um, it wasn't fashion Island. I'm sorry. It was crystal cove. Um, yeah, it, it died. Yep. So Brandon, um, one of the dudes, he's become a good buddy on Instagram. He drives a ridiculous, I think it's like a GT4 RS Porsche. Okay. Um, and so he goes to a lot of those meets. Wait, what's his Instagram? Uh, it's B... B and Vita or something. B and Vita, yeah. That guy has sick cars, dude. Yeah. Doesn't he have a Raptor too? Uh, he got rid of his Raptor. <sighs> um, he's got a second gen Tacoma again, cause he had a second gen Tacoma at the start. Uh, -huh. um, and then went through two Raptors. Yeah. Um, went through a civic SI and then now has a second gen Tacoma again. What a savage. Um, 2015 TRD pro Inferno color, um, access cab, old man camper shell in the back. Um, supercharged and, and he just drop ships, right? That's what he does for a living. No, I'm not kidding, at all. dude. <laughs> dude. Yeah, he's not even in the industry. Um, That's like every every like get quick, ri like get rich quick scheme is like just drop ship. Yeah, he sells bucky balls on Amazon. <laughs> yeah. Fidget spinners. Yeah. You know what would be a really good place to take your Tacoma on a weekend is Cars and Coffee in San Clemente. Thought about it many many times and just it's, haven't have you made been? it out, dude. Uh, yeah, I went years ago. Let's go. Um, it is rad. You'll see. Like the most exotic cars ever there. I know. The new truck is going to be a good hit there. Oh. Uh, uh, yeah. That's happening still? It's happening. Damn. Um, pretty like 99% sure I sold one yesterday. Okay. Um, no, we're not talking about it. <laughs> you see, I looked at the mic like, should I go for it or yeah. no? <laughs> no? No, 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 uh, Not doing that yet. Okay. Um, Will that be ready for expo maybe? Maybe. Okay. Um, I'll probably announce it prior i would say in like the next month or month and a half or so yeah that's crazy because expo's coming up here real soon dude may yeah may 20th um, yeah came up really soon covid's crazy because it just made all those everything expos. blue like quick yeah are you gonna be an okay four-wheel drive again yeah so the tiny rig team will be in the okay four-wheel drive booth um luke's power wagon will be in the booth yep um with some vehicles from uh, Asheville's coming out from the Carolinas. Um, they're bringing is. Gladiator. They're um, one of the leaders in Alucab. Okay. Uh, in terms of sales volume. Okay. Um, Eric's the owner over there. He's a cool dude. Um, and so, like, Rand and the OK4 Wheel Drive team will come out. Yep. Um, we need a forerunner in the booth. It was probably going to be Tiffany's. Hers is so clutch, dude. It's like, it's pretty dialed. Yeah, but I think she's actually going to end up being in the Goose Gear booth. Oh, really? She has a full Goose Gear build out in there. Okay. Um, and then we're talking to that black forerunner that's in our shop right now. We're talking to him, the satin black one. Okay. I don't got, think I've seen that one. Oh, it's ridiculous. Is got, it clean? 
We did a plus two total chaos long travel kit on it. Luke did a gnarly electrical install on there. Jeez. IU cap tent. Like it's, it's C4 legit. bumpers front and rear. Yeah, it's a big build. Um, and it's beautiful. Marvin it's, wrapped it. Oh, he wrapped it satin it's, black? Yeah, it looks... It's one of the best looking forerunners I've ever seen. That's um, sick. It's rad. Um, and that's another Seek Guy Beauty dude. Yep. Who liked to, you. He basically said, build me your truck, but as a forerunner. Yeah. Um, so... You had some other guy do that to you too, right? That white Tacoma that like saw it and he was like, I want your, literally your exact same truck. Yeah, there's a... It's like as cheesy as it is and like as much as I like I don't want I kind of love the influencer term like it's cool because it's I mean it's how I found about overlanding right so people see the CKBD account and they get inspired by the build yeah um, and hopefully by some of the pictures of like some nice places and so they want to go camp and stuff yeah Um, but there are people who roll up to the shop that like ask like is that the ccap beauty truck yeah i and mean it's iconic it's a freaking red bright red truck with long travel fiberglass all around and this crazy camper shell yeah i think it's um it's funny because like in the moment i'm like not super stoked on it right like out of like a i don't know embarrassed and like kind of ashamed like <laughs> cheesy like this is too much type thing <laughs> yeah you love it <laughs> i don't but like honestly like as we're talking about it right now i go back and i think about like I went to Goose Gear uh-huh. after watching an ex Overland episode. Okay, to look at his setup in person, and it's the same effect like seeing Casey from Rig Talks old Forerunner. Yep, that you see in person, or like that used to have an alu cab uh, tent on it, didn't it? Yeah, that had a silver alu cab tent, like really yeah. early alu cab supporter yeah. uh, Casey. But like seeing those trucks, right? Like when you're first getting into it, are the ones that you look up that give you inspiration. Like yeah. I remember going back and having that same feeling. Yeah. And as we're talking about it right now, I'm like, that's probably the same feeling that these customers are having. Yeah. And the really rad thing is then we get to actually build it for them. Yeah. Which is cool, right? So they're yeah. not just coming and looking at my truck like out of meat, but like they're trusting me with thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. And I can sincerely say that we've never had an unhappy customer. Yeah. I mean, that's that's just and you even if anything were to happen and they were left like not necessarily fully stoked, I feel like you and Luke would just be like, well, let's make it right. I mean, we'll just do whatever we can, you know, but you already, you're, you're so, you're so dialed into the product you're selling that it's almost like a guarantee. Like if you put this on your truck or whatever it is, like you will be happy. Yeah. I think um, as cheesy as that sounds, you know, but no, but it's, it works. Right. So like, you said business plan before, right? Well, um, yeah. At this point now, it's like the I, I want to like take even a step a step back from that and say like Tiny Rig now a year down. You guys have had how many builds? Like maybe a lot. like thirty <laughs> plus builds. Yeah, I'd say over fifty builds. Yeah, and now you have a team, which to me is one of the coolest things. You have literally hundred percent. Yeah, like I don't know four or five people working for Tiny Rig now. Yeah, so we've got four guys in the shop. Uh, Luke, Kyle. Kyle mm-hmm. was our second hire. Kyle is the Luke's legend, brother. The legend, Kyle. The legend, Kyle. Um, <laughs> Kyle worked for me in IT for years. Uh-huh. Um, and he was, he's, he's just, he's one of the most dependable people uh-huh. in my life, right? And like Luke's whole family is just extremely dependable. Um, and so like Luke and I were dying, right? Like the phone was ringing off the hook. Uh, we were sleep. We slept on the floor of the shop a couple nights to complete builds on time. Yeah. Um, and so I needed to be able to answer phones and kind of step away from doing some of the installs a little bit mm-hmm. to sell campers and whatnot and yep. handle like shipping and whatnot. Running the business. Yeah. And so Kyle was a dude who honestly brought, it was COVID, right? So like we're all remote. So I was doing the IT thing. Yeah. Um, it was nuts. <laughs> it was nuts and it was rad and like I'm smiling thinking about it because it's so fun and then this is cool now because 
I'm not the guy who stops and pauses and thinks about like where we're at. Yeah. But it's really cool to think about. That's like literally the best part about when you start a business and you look back like two, three years, you're like, damn, from then till now, it's like, it, it's a blur too. Yeah. And Kyle's one of my best friends and Luke's one of my best friends. Like really probably the two dudes I was closest with the last like five years. Yeah. And so there was a night where like I was in the office, um, and like, I literally teared up cause I was like, dude, I'm <laughs> building this amazing company with yeah. my best friends Yeah, and like two brothers getting to work together in the shop right now. Like this is so freaking cool. Yeah. It's super rad. Um, and then, so like, as far as the shop goes, right, we've got Ryan who was, I'll say like our third official hire. He's now full time. Ryan was a dude who I posted on CCAT beauty that we're hiring another guy in the shop uh-huh. in 30 minutes. He came from long beach, brought me his resume sat down with me and uh, had zero experience working in a shop. I think I met Ryan. You've met Ryan. Uh, you knew his wife. That's Ryan. Yeah. He came like that? He came like that, right? Which Damn, is cool. Um, I did not know that. And Ryan's a younger, like I shouldn't say younger. I mean, he's, he's under 30. I'll put it that way. <laughs> yeah. I like HR stuff. I feel like I can't say people's age. Um, <laughs> Old man Daniel over here. Yeah. Uh, so Ryan, you know, walked in with his resume and just super professional and driven. And he was an executive chef at like 29 years old. Okay. I just said his age. There we go. HR. Um, <laughs> but to get to that point, yeah. being an executive chef at that young of an age, like you're hungry, right? And like, you, have you, you had that, you knew chef cause that's what you almost had that passion for back in the day. Remember culinary? Yeah. So like the big thing with that was we looked at kind of the crossovers between kind of working in the kitchen, being an executive chef. So attention to detail. Um, if the dude can run a, a kitchen and not, you know, um, fine dining restaurant, yeah, the guy's got attention to detail. He can lead a team. Yep. Like he's a responsible person. He can work under the gun. Like Love it, dude. it was rad. So we saw a translation for that. So I had that initial sit down interview with him. He came back, Luke and I walked him around the shop, showed him some of the stuff we did to see if he'd be interested. Yeah. And then we took him out for his big interview, which was camping. Okay. Right. And so starting a company and like being able to take someone out camping on an interview to see like the idea behind that was get him in a cool place, but also like, do we want to hang out with this person for long periods of time? Yeah. And it was like, okay, well, if we can camp with the dude, then like, we can work with the dude. Where'd you take him? Uh, Anza. You took him all the way to Anza? Yeah. Did he, did he hop in your car? Did he have, does he have his No, he's truck? got his own Tacoma. Um, what? And so his whole thing was like, he wanted to learn and work kind of in the industry. Yeah. He was done being an executive chef and he wanted to find something different. And Ryan's freaking crushing it. Yeah. Uh, and he's got an amazing attitude. And we had fun that day wheeling. Yeah. Um, and then camping was chill and he cooked for us. He made us ribs with like the best potato salad <laughs> I've ever had. Shout out to Kyle at Rigged. I don't know if you listen, but you're like the potato salad guy right now. <laughs> yeah. He's Instagram. All, what is it? Reese's, whatever. Reese's potato salad. I don't know what he's eating, but so funny. tubs of potato salad. Um, but you forgot about Tiff, dude. Well, so yeah. So Ryan was the third hire in the shop. He was before Tiff? No. I'm just going shop though, as in like guys installing. Um, and then we hired Jeff who Jeff worked at another shop and Mm -hmm. just frankly didn't feel like it was a good fit for him anymore. Didn't feel supported, um, or part of the team Mm -hmm. just kind of felt like a grunt. And, uh, so he was looking for a home that was kind of fulfilling for him. Mm -hmm. I I met him too, I think. And so like Jeff's another guy who had Alucab before, mm-hmm. which is rad. So Jeff works for us part-time three days a week. Mm-hmm. And then he works at his dad's business. His dad's actually, he owns a mechanic shop in St. Anna. Sick. That's been around forever. Super so sick. Jeff knows how to wrench. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was cool to hire him because he was like, hate to say it, but like the first mechanic 
person that like was in it from the start and yeah. had previous experience. Um, so it was cool. Cause like you've got all these people, different people from different walks of life in the shop, right? Like Luke is yachts. He's worked at metal shops. He did aerospace, um, um, engineering airplane. I just saw, sorry, I'm very distracted right now. What do you see uh, now? Hot ones. Hey, so shout out that? to, yeah. So Jaime <laughs> has the hot sauce from hot ones that ruins everyone's life. Dude, <clears throat> that's not even the hottest one they have. It's like number four or five. Yeah, but like that's the one that everyone says is way too hot, doesn't taste good, and like ruins the rest of the show. Have you tried it? No, and I don't think I want to, but (laughs) I I have a bad story for that. Let me tell you real quick. I went to get sushi and seal, and the guy's like, You like spicy? And I was like, Yeah, I like spicy. And he's like, Want me to try this hot sauce? I had no idea what it was because I think that was prior to Hot Ones being a show. He put that on the sushi roll and fed it to me. I was on. He fed it to you, or you put it in your mouth yourself. He fed it to me with his fingers, <laughs> no chopsticks. <laughs> dude, I was on fire. I was like, that was the biggest asshole move of a sushi chef ever, dude. That's pretty horrible. I, uh, you know, Blazin from hot. Uh, what's a Buffalo Wild Wings? Blazin. Blazin's like their hottest sauce. Uh. Uh-uh. So it was. It used to be hotter. Okay. Um, and it tastes awful. Um, I had. I went with my buddies and like we ordered like a bunch of them and like we had the ones we enjoy and then we all just ordered Blazin just to mess with each other and be dumb guys yeah um i brought it home like in a <laughs> in a um, like a to-go box and had it in the fridge and my dad was like hey can i have these and i was like yeah <laughs> you're a savage <laughs> did i just hear him screaming uh, <laughs> he must have been like oh my son's so nice he talked about that like honestly a month ago he's still mad about it yeah and that was like probably sure. 15 years ago i still think about that like it's still unopened but i i think it's also funny like our buddy andy andy sedano yeah, uh, Sedano. I put an Enya on his N, Sedano, and he's like, it's Sedano. He did that Hot Ones challenge. Did you watch it? He put it on oh, YouTube. No. no, no, no. He literally like Went vomited milk. <laughs> oh, jeez. too hot, dude. It's like, before I leave, I might do that, just not on camera. No, no, mic, no, no, no. But you don't it's want to. going to melt through the glass bottle that it's in. Oh, man. Um, um, okay, so I want to go, I want to go farther. I, I, okay, you had the team. You have a great team right now. I got to talk about Tiff, though. Yeah. Honestly. I, and I, I think Tiff is like a very integral part of the front end of the shop. And she does stuff in the back, too. Ordering, customer service, the whole fucking She night. does a lot. So the rad thing about, again, like, I think one of the coolest things about Tiny Rig and, like, being able to start this business is how, we'll call it, like, crowdfunded it is uh-huh. from social media. Yeah. Um, so, like, me selling campers is all from social media. Yeah. Me finding overlanding is all from social media. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, Tiffany was someone who I appreciated her photography. Mm-hmm. Um, and she had actually reached out to me a couple of years ago. And I, uh, she had thought I was a, a full-time photographer. Okay. So she asked me, like, a question about, like, doing it full-time. And I told her, like, no, IT guy um, would be rad to do it full-time eventually. And so, like, she had that goal, too. Mm-hmm. And so we just kind of stayed in contact, appreciated each other's photography. Um and she had mentioned that she wanted to, and I hope she doesn't kill me for this, but get out of dentistry. So Tiffany's a dentist. Okay. Um, she went to dental school. Her husband's a dentist. I didn't know she was a dentist. Yeah. Like. I knew her husband was a dentist. So dentist. So wow. again, all people from different walks of life. Literally. I've got an executive chef. I've got a yacht captain. I've got a IT technician. I mean, those are all amazing walks of life though, dog. <laughs> yeah. And then a <laughs> dentist, on. right? Like yeah. selling you campers. Um <laughs> But when I started it, I I thought, like, who would be, you know, good up there, right? And I've yeah. got this whole, like, media thing behind Tiny Rig that I want to eventually have it turn into mm-hmm. that makes a lot of sense for Tiff. But she, again, was an Alucab customer, mm-hmm. like Jeff, had appreciation for the product, had product knowledge beforehand, 
was stoked on the hobby, super passionate about it. Mm-hmm. And she has absolutely crushed it. Um, from a business mentality standpoint, a drive standpoint, um, like all the core values of our company, which we yeah. talk to every employee about before we hire them. Yep. She embodies those things. Hell yeah. So she's taken on a lot more than just sales, like her titles, sales and marketing manager. And frankly, like she's helped with social media, um, in terms of like designing some stuff and she's really talented with that stuff. But like, she's so busy with just sales and, uh, she has like customer service, dude, some sales the glue that holds ordering. us together, like yeah. ordering and whatnot. And like, we work really well together. It's been a lot of fun. Um, and she's is she full time there too? Yeah, so she's full time too. So she's so everyone's part time. Everyone's almost full time there, huh? Besides yeah. the latest, Je- not Jeff. Yeah, and Jeff's part time. And truthfully, like we've talked about him working some more hours because yeah. we, we need it. But um, just really, really, really fortunate to have the team that we have. A lot of people want to start a retail shop or a shop, right, and sell items. But the the majority of the time when you start something like that. I think the downfall is people just like, I'm going to start and carry like the hottest brands, right? Yeah. But that doesn't always translate to the most quality or the easiest working relationships or, you know, divert, like being unique in any sense. You worked off of shit you really believed in and then just built it from there. Yeah. So that was huge. Um, perfect example of like what you're talking about right now, like eye candy, right? Is mm-hmm. uh, King Shocks. Eye candy, dude. Everyone wants eye candy. So King Shocks, Fox Shocks, um, pretty much any racing shock for I'd say like 99% of overlanders yeah, is absolutely eye candy, right? Like, like that's the majority of what they're doing. And I, it's one of the, my favorite things about tiny rig is that we get to educate customers on it. Right. So like yeah. I have Kings on my truck and it's absolutely ridiculous and obscene, mm-hmm. but it's not the most practical build. Right. And so we're building for the most part, very practical builds. Yeah. I've sold only one set of racing shocks since we've started. You did rad flow on that. And we did rad flow on it. Yeah. Yeah. And the big part of that was just lead time, right? Like rad flow is made in the USA. It's a local product in Huntington beach or fountain Valley. Uh, and the lead time on it's like 16 weeks versus a year for yeah. Kings. Right. They're pretty, I mean, they're comfortable, right? You, you said Extremely comfortable. they're like one yeah. of the, like they're top up there. Yeah. And I've, I've honestly thought about switching from my Kings to rad flow just because it's, like, I feel a little guilty that we haven't tested personally, like, Radflow shocks, and I've sold a set. Yeah. Um, but the guy already had Radflow on his truck. Okay, so he already knew. He already knew, yeah. Okay. So he already trusted Radflow, and we put a Total Chaos long travel kit on it. Instead okay. of going Kings, like, I told him, I was like, dude, if you like Radflow, I can get you those way quicker. Yeah. Let's do Radflow. For sure. Radflow's on race trucks and whatnot. Like, it's it's a really good product. The uh, old man Emo, you you surprised me, because another, another crazy yeah. part is when you had all these brands on your truck prior to starting Tiny Rig, you're able to already field test them, right? You're field testing all the products you were selling. Correct. But the the education almost came with you starting to work with other brands too. Like when you started really working with Brian and Goose Gear or Ren, his name's Rin or Ren? Rin, R-I-N. Rin, right? At uh, yeah. Alucab. These guys had, I mean, they've been in the game for so long. So they have even more stuff to talk, like teach and talk about, right? Correct. So the stuff that I personally don't have experience with, or one of the guys in our shop, maybe haven't run themselves. Um, we will make an exception to sell certain things. Mm-hmm. If someone like a Brian from goose gear or a Rin from Alucab, 
um, or someone else that I really trust and know uses their stuff, mm-hmm. if they give it, give me the stamp of approval on it and it makes sense logically for us to sell to a customer because it's the right thing. Full send. Then we send it. Yeah. Um, or we sell it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm over here like, we'll send it. Uh, Brian's <laughs> hilarious too because he uses the term send it like all the time. Does he? So it's like, hey, I have a question for you. And his response is like, send it. <laughs> so that was perfect. Uh, no, you know what I just noticed? You guys don't have to do any refrigeration, huh? No, we do. What? Yeah. Um, do you again, like Dometic? you are one of my good buddies and you don't know that we sell it. Yeah, because well, um, you guys don't post about it. We don't. Um, and that's part of kind of the business plan. Like, yeah. I hate to say it. Like we want people to know that we sell that stuff. Um, but our focus is so narrowed in terms of value cab. Yeah. That I frankly, like I don't want to sell a ton of fridges to people. I don't want to sell a ton of suspension kits to people right now. Yeah. Um, we want to get back to customers as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. And from a business standpoint, it makes a lot more sense for me to spend my time educating someone on a $20,000 camper build yep. than, you know, a $1,200 fridge. Yeah. Um, but as far as fridges go, we sell national Luna, you know which you, you mentioned it earlier uh, on the, on the episode, you said something about like social media is kind of what fueled yeah. the tiny rig following seek out beauty following just like all this information that drove your customer base right now and it's i think it's so tempting when people start businesses you want to go wide right you want to do product you want to do catalog you want to sell a lot of different things but if you're starting out and you can attest to it it's honestly easier to go farther by going narrower because your vision and your sales pitch and your product line is like we're really good at this specific product and then it's like oh do you guys and yeah yeah we do but that wasn't like the initial sales pitch of what you guys sell, you know, Yeah, yep. I just, I think with social media, it's like you look at warehouses and you look at brands and they sell so much shit and it's like so tempting to do it. But it's like, if you want to start, start narrow, start really focused and you'll go a lot farther, a lot quicker. Um, when you hire an employee, like you, you carry a million products. It's harder to train that employee and get them to the speed sure. that we want to be at. Right. Yep. So like we want where if a customer calls us and asks them a question, asks us a question, we can get them an answer extremely quickly, mm-hmm. right? And so, like, if someone calls in and let's say they ask Tiffany a question and she's not sure, she's iMessaging me on my laptop the question and I'm getting the answer immediately. Yeah. We want to take a quick break and say thank you. Thank you for tuning in, whether this is your first episode or if you've listened through almost all 50 of our episodes so far. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in, supporting, liking, sharing, telling a friend, and uh, just being on the journey along with both of us. Hell yeah. So if you want to find out more information on what we do and um, kind of explore beyond the podcast, check out ourlandproject.co. We're also Easy Supplies and our, uh, Roaming Lost. So check we, us out on all those outlets. Yep. But um, yeah, thanks for listening. Milestones you hit in business. It's like your first year is your hardest. Your third is like, holy shit. And your fifth is like, you fucking made it, you know? <laughs> This is such a good indicator of my personality that I have never heard that stuff. Really? The only thing I've heard about is most businesses fail in the first year. In the three that's, years. that's the one. Uh, but there's, I mean, there's most businesses will fail in the first year. You know, if you hit three years, like you're doing it in five years, it's like, that's, that's you've awesome. You've got a business. You've got a business, you know? Yeah. Um, so within the first year, you've probably learned a lot. You've done a lot. You've seen a lot, dude. Uh, what would you say if someone wants to start? really like any type of business, whether it's selling something. Um, I would say I would rather you speak on the fact since you're selling something that versus, you know, content and stuff like that. Yeah, I guess. I mean, so sales is like such a, you pick sales, which is a tough one for me because it is 
a field that like used car salesman gets thrown around like a dirty term. Yeah. Right. Um, my dad, car business and oh, he was Yeah, he was. Huh? Yeah. So like, I, I think from a sales standpoint, like for me, the thing that means most, because like my dad was a used car salesman, he was a manager and whatnot at dealerships, but like that being a dirty term or used like thrown around as kind of like a four letter word. Um, my biggest thing is if you sell stuff you believe in, it's really easy to sell. Right. And like the integrity portion of it and the trust portion of it with the customer to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So selling products I believe in, right. In my opinion, if you're super passionate about selling, it's easy to sell it. Yep. Right. And that was kind of the secret beauty thing that I saw too, is like a lot of people were buying stuff that I was like, you know, saying because people knew, like I had put stuff on my truck and I said like, Hey, this isn't a great product, right? It's not the right product for me Yeah. for these reasons. But the alley cab one was like, holy crap, this yeah. thing is amazing. Right. And yeah. like, the girlfriend thought I was absolutely insane for selling my GoFast camper after waiting a year. And I was like, trust me, like you'll see the difference. Oh, I forgot you had a GoFast. Yeah. Damn, um, I totally forgot about that. Dude, I waited a year for it and I sold it three months after getting it because it wasn't, my expectations were to have a different product. We went from uh, like a one year thing to like asking me like the sales thing, which I didn't even remember what that question was. Yeah, it was, well, that's, that was kind of like the biggest token and the one I wanted people to get get some nugget out of it's like within the first year it's like what it was one of the biggest like lessons you learned and i feel like uh, one of definitely it was selling the product you fully believe in has been one of the number one factors of why Ali, or tiny rico has been successful you know yeah with the people that we've hired and the team we've assembled and the customers that we've had and the patients that they've had and the products that we've sold and the belief in them and the lack of warranty things so like you said business plan I asked Ren right away. I was like, hey, what's warranty issues look like for these campers? Mm-hmm. And I was interested as both a consumer, but also as can this be a, a solid business? Because if I have warranty issues all the time, it's not going to be something I want to deal with, right? Yeah. Like I don't want to turn a super happy camping experience into a shit one, right? Yeah. So like also expensive if you're like continuously looking for parts, fixing shit on it, all that yeah. stuff. And like people you know, at the time we're waiting a long time for campers and you cab was able to get them really quick. But like, if something goes wrong, like it's, you know, you could be waiting for parts for months and months and months. So it's cool. Like the products we believe in thing, like really it's such a core thing at tiny rig and Luke and I agreed at the beginning, Mm -hmm. we're not going to stop doing that just to make money for sure. My previous, like the stuff I was doing from a work standpoint was not very rewarding. Yeah. Right. And I had, such a focus on achieving my goals professionally of CIO, which then led to CEO, uh, CEO, uh-huh. um, cause I wanted to lead a team. Yep. Right. And now I'm helping lead a team at tiny rig. You built I've the got, team dog. You didn't even know leading you. You straight built a team. I mean, yeah, you and Luke get, did. But yeah. You I mean, guys... it's, I'm sitting here like looking up, scratching my head, right? Like <laughs> it's, that's absolutely okay. So like most rewarding parts of it. Uh-huh. Right. And it's, I, it's full circle. Right. So like, um, getting to work with my best friend is also extremely difficult, but also like, it's the coolest thing in the world when you stop and pause and think about it mm-hmm. when you get out of the day to day. Um, and then I've got all these passionate people around me. I, we've given them a place to work that's fulfilling. They feel, um, appreciated. Right. And then the customers also like, feel like we give them the time for sure right? and being able to give someone a paycheck is absolutely the coolest freaking thing in the world and I that can, surprises me that's amazing i love it i you asked me when i started like what would be the coolest part i would have said like the customer portion of it which 
still like probably gets lost a little bit because honestly like every customer is happy mm-hmm. but like me running payroll and amazing. getting people yeah dude and like having someone in the shop that's crushing it and being able to like you know they don't come to me and they say like hey i need a raise it's like i see you crushing it and we're looking at the numbers and like you're hitting your numbers and stuff like hey here's a couple more bucks yeah right like you were talking is, about healthcare with that group chat you know like yeah that's like real shit yeah and that's the absolutely like the coolest part um from i guess i'll call it like a business understanding i mean, guess all parts are cool right like i don't have to define what's the coolest but that are, to yeah. me has just been caught me completely off guard right yeah. and Guys, it, like honestly, if you're listening to this and you want to work at a shop that's like going to appreciate you and you're going to work your butt off and you're going to deliver a great product, um, hit us up. Like if you want to sell something, hit us up. Yeah. Um, obviously, like I'm not afraid to hire someone without experience. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's I'll, I'll take super passionate people who, you know, live up to our core values um, and believe in them. Yeah. And we'll crush it together. Yeah. You don't need like. Would you, would you ever consider hiring like sales reps and stuff like outside and like branching tiny rig into Northern California, tiny rig and stuff like that? Um, I mean, a huge part of what we do is from a service standpoint. Yeah. Right. So like, um, and social media kind of does that, right. It kind of has like, we'll call it like the branches ran and branches out. Yeah. Um, and there's, there's shops in California, there's shops in Northern California and you can go to Oregon and you can right. work with good shops. Um, but like if there's someone that, you know, wants to sell stuff and like, so I guess that's the thing, right? Is like, it's such an easy thing. We sell fun. <laughs> we sell fun, dude. Like you come to our shop. I heard that before. I probably said it to you. <laughs> like, it's ridiculous. Oh no. You said that at campfire talk. Yeah. Like yep. it's so freaking rad. Right. Yeah. And like, I haven't fixed printers, like unless I've had to for years from an IT standpoint, but like fixing someone's printer or just fixing people's issues all the time. It's not a very rewarding job no um typically you're not as appreciated potentially as you should be right they look at you like that's your job did you fix it yes or no well no it's like it's your job for it to not break <laughs> so like i'm calling you because i'm pissed because you didn't do your job and give me the right printer like now you better fix it fast yeah. right and printers are the devil like doesn't matter how much experience you have like <laughs> printer is the devil dude you're just better off buying a new printer in most cases i swear to god from the time it takes but um, I love that dude. It's yeah. So like if you're listening, like it's, uh, you know, if you want to sell fun, yeah. like, and we were talking about today, hiring more people, like we could use it. Yeah. Um, I've got that <laughs> it background though. Right. So I'm like automate, automate, automate. Yeah. And I'm asking to automate, not the customer experience part, but like, how do we make invoices more quickly? Yeah. Right. Free up time to deal with customers and yeah. give them the attention that they deserve. Um, and it's crazy too, dude. Like we have customers who like apologize for taking time. And I literally say to them, you're buying a $40,000 camper from me, right? Yeah. Now. Like you get my time. Yeah. Take your time. Ask all the questions you want. For sure. Um, and it's cool and it's rewarding. And it's like, I turned a passion and a hobby into a profession. Yeah. Um, and the, like Brian, like turned a passion and a hobby into a profession and Tiffany, yeah. like we've all done it. Yeah. Um, and I think that comes through in the work we do and the experience customers have. Yeah, that was uh, that was kind of like the remember you were asking like what are we going to talk about on the podcast? And I like had to think about it, and I was like, I think the the headline of it should be um, passion to profession. Oh yeah, because I think that's like that's what I when I when I look at a lot of our circle and the people that we kind of like talk to and communicate with, like that's what I'm seeing more and more is people like taking their passion and turning it into a full blown profession. You know? Yeah. And it's pretty damn amazing. 
we've done episodes before we're talking about how like the overland boom and this industry is really growing and i think that's giving people a platform to do something like this um but i think we're also in the very beginning stages of it too i think this is like we're just kind of hitting like people think it's like it's peaked we're at the peak it's like i don't think we're at the peak like a lot of the chain like the the companies we've talked to remember like some of the websites that hit me up and you're like, dude, they sell like the most, like oh, yeah. big, yeah, yeah. big, big brands are just now like, we need to sell stuff like this. Right. And that's like, it's essentially marketing, right? To more people, right? Yeah. To like audiences. So like, if there's a company out there that wants to sell rig caddies, right? Yeah. And they've got this huge wide audience that is, doesn't know about overlanding, right? They're in yeah. another hobby that's kind of like somewhat, let's say it's like fishing, mm-hmm. right? And then people who are into fishing are like, oh shit, like camping with a real cool camper on it's cool. Or like having a rig caddy there is cool. Like, yeah. Um, it's marketing for you. Yeah. It's right? gonna, it, it bleeds into a bunch of different lives, you yep. know, lifestyles at least. Yeah. So I think from that standpoint, like the more exposure it gets, the more it's going to grow. Yeah. Um, and with that comes downsides, right. To like the environmental impact and stuff. And you got our land, which perfectly yeah. ties into that. Yeah. It's kind of gnarly. There's a lot of ethics that take a lot of time to kind of associate yourself with and like how to actually camp properly. Yeah. So it's, yeah, that's, that's, that's exactly it. Um, okay. So let's say this is so it's, it's crazy to me still that it's only been a year, but it went by so fast. What do you, what's like a big goal for you guys in the next like five years or so, three years for you? Yeah. So you and I have talked about the traction program, Yeah. right? Like setting the goals and whatnot. Yep. And so we set our eight year goals, um, kind of before Luke and I knew we were going to be doing it full time. Okay. Um, and we had a one year goal and like from a sales standpoint, we beat our one year goal by, uh, about 13%. Okay. And it was a gnarly goal that we had set, but we also didn't expect to have like as many hires as we do and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, so it took more to kind of get there, um, than we thought it would, but we have a, a meeting actually scheduled for two weeks, um, to set our goals for kind of the next few years. Okay. Um, and it's been a little bit of a bummer cause like it's something that we've wanted to do. And this is, I guess like if you're listening and you're into business and whatnot, kind of like the George's podcast and whatnot. Um, I believe in this program called traction. Um, it's called EOS and it's the entrepreneur operating system. It was pretty damn amazing. Yeah. And it's, I did it at my other companies. Uh-huh. Um, and so you essentially have your 10 year target, let's call it. And then you've got a five year, three year, one year. And you basically start setting your goals for the year based on where you're trying to get. Mm-hmm. Right. And so if you say, Hey, in five years, I want to be at this point, uh, three years, I want to be at this point, one year, I want to be at this point in order to achieve your goals in that one year, which you need to achieve your goals in that one year to get to you that third year and the fifth year. Um, what are the roadblocks that you need to eliminate? Right. And that's what you focus on. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you continue to eliminate the obstacles that are in your way from achieving your goal, you'll achieve your goal. Mm-hmm. So, we have goals for Alucab this year specifically from a sales standpoint um, that we have and we're trying to hit. Right. Okay. And like those are numbers and those aren't really meaningful to people. Yeah. Um, I guess, I mean, I'll just say like we're trying to do 80% growth in Alucab. Yeah. Um, which is like, gnar- sounds gnarly, right? Like you kind of have an idea of like what we've sold. Um, and are you, when you look at your goals and for anyone else listening, what do you feel like is the strongest way to assess it? Are you looking at it from a financial or a quantity standpoint? Like um, we want to do 50 campers. We want to do like X amount of sales. It's interesting because like, I feel like a really easy way to understand some of the numbers is to put it in the quantity standpoint. Mm -hmm. Right. So you're like, okay, I want to make, let's say 
like we'll say like an average camper for us is like 30,000, right? And I don't know if it is or not. That's just a random number. Yeah, you're just throwing it out there. But if I want to do $150,000 in sales a month, I'm going to tell Tiffany, hey, go sell five campers. Got it. Right? Yeah. And that like, and we look at the dollar amount, obviously you have to. Um, But I do think simplifying things in that way. And like, I actually, we use that camper number really heavily when we make decisions. Yeah. Um, So like we've looked at our rent, right? And we tried to figure out what our rent was. We said we have to sell this many campers. Right? That's like the that's like the best way to look at it. Then it's wild. And people <laughs> actually like people who are uh, really really into numbers, and I'm an analytical analytical person, um, are like, whoa, that's like kind of a weird way to look at it. But like, it actually it's really simple. It's a, yeah, um, and it makes a lot of sense. So the camper thing, like, we kind of roughly know uh-huh. how much money we make when we sell a camper and whatnot. Uh-huh. Um, and it's like the decision. Okay, am I going to push a bunch of marketing to sell fridges? And it's like. No, dude, sell campers and maybe you sell a fridge with it. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's the best way to look at it. I think that's for any, like anyone looking to start a business. And that's when we were talking about going narrow, right? Like the narrow yeah. focus. Cause it's instead of saying like, okay, we have to sell X amount of dollars. That means we can sell maybe like 50 fridges, two campers, this much suspension. It's like, let's just focus on 50 campers and we will be great for, you know, our second year in business or whatever. Right. I think out of that conversation too, I, I feel like not only did they get a good grasp of who you are and like why you do what you do, but in terms of a business aspect, it's like how to successfully, you know, take those next steps to, if you want to do something and you want to build a brand. You so know? I'm making like cringy hesitation faces at Jaime as he's saying this, why? because I don't feel like I just gave like a proven plan to do it well, uh, with the exception yeah. of honestly, if you're selling something, that's what I'm just saying. Just sell something you believe in. I mean, you... That's a good start. Yeah, you're not... Uh, to tell. I think people always fall very short when they're like, give me a blueprint to success. It's like, there's no correct blueprint, but there's certain things that you can do to make sure you're setting yourself up for a successful, potentially successful sure. path. But you just recently learned that I like sports. <laughs> you're like, <laughs> talking yeah, to your yeah, dog the other day. <laughs> uh, but like Kobe's my... My... Uh, what we'll say, like my inspiration, right? Yeah. He's my idol. Yeah. And so like I've had conversations with people saying like, I'll take 10 Kobe's on my team over like a bunch of college, college educated people. Mm-hmm. And I feel like kind of the tiny rig team is like a good example of that is like, none of these people are like super trained in what we're doing, but they're all, they have those qualities. Extremely passionate. Yep. Um, and we're attempting to be super disciplined in what we're doing. Um, and the, what I the dedication or, discipline discipline right like it's they're passionate what they're selling yeah and i don't know like so i'm I'm asked like take those things that i just talked to you about right Uh and i want you to think like is there something that you're most proud of in your life like that you've achieved Uh, at any point yeah i mean of of course like what give me one of them the things that you would see on paper to make it to what it's like easy is kind of flourished into Mm -hmm. i'm very prideful of like a lot of it's just been very self-taught and gritty you know, and I'm like very proud of like how far I've taken it with how, how I feel like little that was originally presented, you know, yeah. I like starting something from nothing to something is like the most amazing feeling ever, you know, and then you build the community around it. You have customers, you have clients, dude, like that's some shit, no matter what outcome or does make or whatever, it's like, no one can ever take that away from me. Like, I love that aspect of it. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And I know grittiness is super important to you, right? Like yeah. you made that very clear in the squirrel concepts. Uh, yeah. You got to be gritty. I think people, um, people expect everything to be very like, 
very perfect when you start. It's like, you got to be gritty. There has to be some street hustle mentality when you start shit. Yes, the grittiness. I mean, I still wouldn't even necessarily call it grittiness, but it would be like the social aspect from CK Beauty. Yeah. Like consistent posting, like um, making connections with brands, right? Like, sure, that's there. Um, it's interesting, but like, I guess this goes back to your point of like, there's no blueprint. There's right? never it's a different blueprint. people. Yeah. Um, you experience something super negative, right? Like flipping the perspective on it. Mm-hmm. Um, is big easily just change your attitude 100 right? very least um like so, that's that kind of hints back to like the gratitude like you have to be grateful like grateful in the sense of like you look back on it and like i can't believe that that guy was in my life like i'm grateful that he was a part of my life at some point yeah and that's interesting because i never made those two kind of go together the perspective and gratitude but it, what you just said makes perfect sense um and then the discipline thing right is just if you say you're going to do something, you want to do it and you're disciplined enough, I sincerely believe that you can do it. Yeah, for sure. No matter what your talents are or whatever it is, right? Like you just work at it. Yeah. Um, and it's funny, like I told George this the other day after listening to your guys' podcast, uh-huh. um, I was listening to your guys' podcast like for 15 minutes every morning on the way to work. Uh-huh. And I made it through it like over a week. Uh-huh. Um, but one of the takeaways that I had is George and I are really different. Yeah. Right. Um, the three the, of us are really different. The stories are so incredibly different, you know? Um, but like George figuring shit out, right? Like George is going to go and he's going to buy a bunch of cell phone parts from China <laughs> and figure it out. Yeah. It's so uncalculated. Yeah. But the dude believes in himself so much. Yeah. And then George is a smart dude and he's a hustler. So he's like, I'm just going to figure it out. Yeah. And so some of these like scary moments for tiny rig and as a business owner, right? Like shit, I'm about to commit to rent for two years and I sold seven campers, but like, am I going to sell anything next month or next month? He just figured shit out. You got to believe in yourself with that shit, dude. Yeah. And so like some of the new product, basically what I told him was like, there's certain decisions that like, I won't say like we're afraid to make, but we're just hesitant to do. Mm -hmm. And then I look at George and I'm like, George just did it. Right? Yeah. If we just do it and like we you hold true to like those core values we have, we'll figure it out. Yeah. Um, like nothing horrible is going to happen. Yeah. I think that's like a, that's a big aspect too. If like you have core values and if you stick to those core values while you're making some rash decisions, like as long as they fall, fall into those values, like it should work out. That's why you have values or, or like a, a certain, um, like, bi- like a, a business plans and business mantras and what's, what is it like business, um, like slogans, you know, as companies sure. yeah, have yeah. like slogans, like yeah. as cheesy as they are, like they, they're very powerful. If they're, tr- if they're believed in, right? They, you and have to, yeah. especially when you're selling something. Like I remember recently I finally made the switch for easy where the headline is we make camping easier. Yeah. And so it's like, we, if we sell a product, it has to make camping easier. Oh now. yeah. So it's like, it's making, it's just way more focused you know, on, the, on the decisions and the products that you have to make now. It's really cool. Yeah. So I guess like pieces of advice for people starting businesses or if you have a business. And focus. Yeah. So like focus, the core values thing is super important. So like the core values from that EOS process I was talking about, you hire, fire and reward mm-hmm. by those core values and also your KPIs, your key performance indicators. Mm-hmm. So there's like a bunch of short little tidbits in that process that like are awesome but yeah. the core value thing like if you're gonna hire someone and they don't cons- like they're not uh they don't embody their core values they're not gonna work out no it's such an easy way to just put together these five things that and it can be three things yeah that everyone has to embody in order to be a part of the company yeah and i think that's gonna get you really far 100 percent um okay so tiny Rico has a website yeah right tinyrico.com yes okay and then 
So obviously, if you don't follow Tiny Rico on Instagram, I would recommend it after listening to this or even prior if you got through the podcast just to see the builds that they're doing. They have some team photos, so you'll kind of put some faces to the names. Uh, I would highly recommend you look at Seek Out Beauty. So if you look at Daniel's personal Instagram, it'll give you a good background of how powerful social media can be and like how real if you build an honest following and like you said, consistency, photos, all that stuff like that set tiny rig, I think a, a very, a very solid distance to start, you know, like yep. having that community already built. Seek out beauty, tiny rig co on Instagram, tiny com. Yep. And um, I think that's it. Right. I mean, unless you have, I mean, I would, do you have any other plugs? Plugs? Um, 180 degrees south you guys haven't seen that right and that actually like so that's the creative thing but also the photography thing with kingston yeah 180 degrees south is a documentary um by patagonia mm -hmm. um and it follows a dude who basically made his way down to argentina yeah um in patagonia and hung out with uh the founder of patagonia who's another super rad dude mm -hmm. that you should check out if yep. you're into the outdoors or even running a business because yeah. he ran I don't know if you know about that dude. I've been going so long now. No, that's uh, yeah. I read his book. I watched the movies. I've, have you ever read his book? Uh, which one? Let my people go surfing. Uh, uh dude, you'd fucking love that book. That's uh, Yvonne Yvon Chouinard. Yeah, dude. So he is so rad. I don't iconic. You know about him doing um, like maternity leave and stuff, like yeah. in the seventies. That book describes everything about like what made Patagonia epic back in the day. All right, so I'm gonna go read that. Okay. Um, and I would say so. I'm not. I hate school. I think I have that book. <laughs> I'm going to get it on Audible. Okay. But I, I really, like, I can't stress, I really dislike school. And I think I'd probably like it more than when I was younger. Yeah. But I'm someone who, like, I want to go on research on my own. Yeah. Um, I love information. Yeah. I love learning. I hate school. Yeah. But um, I think that documentary is rad. Yvonne Chouinard's a rad guy. Yep. Uh, especially in the space. Super forward thinking. That documentary, I want to go watch it right now. Um, that's rad. I love, I mean, I love all that, that the patagonia films like um the body surfing film they had i freaking love that uh torpedo people there's torpedo people and there's another one i can't think of it i have to look at the name but it's fucking i, I love that movie um you're not talking about the one that was at the like the wedge premiere and stuff the wedge was in it and yeah those guys um, yeah it's not torpedo people uh it's shoot. a body surfing film but patagonia sponsored it luke and i went to see that dude um the premiere of that which one torpedo people uh no the one you're talking about and uh what, was it Old Dirty Wedge? No, no. That yeah. one's that one's badass, too. Come uh, Hell or High Water. Come, okay, so rad I story on Come Hell or High, high Water. Uh -huh. um, Luke and I went and saw the premiere. Oh, because you like to body surf. I, we Luke went and I over both, this. Yeah. Yes. So one of the dudes who, or the dude who directed that uh -huh. was uh, one of our first customers that we showed uh, the camper Shut store. up. Yeah. He's in Newport. Just chill dude. Really? Yeah. Damn, that is sick. So uh, he has Alucab on his truck? No, he, um, and he's got one of my favorite quotes too, ever. He looked at it and he was like ready to go to, I think, Hawaii uh -huh. um, figures. Um, but he was going to do just the tent on a lightener rack. Okay. Um, and he went away and like shit got crazy for us and I didn't follow up. And I don't know where he's at now with what he's got. Uh -huh. um, dude, yeah, I don't know. It's it's cool. It's like, crazy, This, this yeah. was fun, dude. Thank you. Um, made me like reminisce on some of the stuff that i forgot about that's that's what i feel like that's why the beauty of podcasts is just just honest conversation and i hope i hope people actually freaking got some good shit out of it for for business and just starting something that they want to do you know uh what were you gonna say the, the final the, the the last thought um 
I don't know. I guess uh, if anyone who follows CK Beauty or Tiny Rigs listening, thank you. Yeah, I appreciate you the support. That's 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 the real power right there. Gratitude right there. Yeah. And if you if you listen to the podcast and you've watched any of George's videos, if you have followed Seek Out Beauty, follow Easy Supplies, Roaming Loss, we I mean it's all just appreciation and love, you know? Yep. Good. Yeah, dude. Plug, Plug your turtle back in, dude. He hasn't moved for a while. <laughs> it's just down there at the bottom of the table. You know, you wanna know the name? You told me this before. Tell you remember? No. It's so ridiculous. Oh man. I told you to make shirts with him, dude. Yeah. Miss Lewis. Miss Lewis. Oh, sorry, her. <laughs> Miss Lewis. All right, on the next one. Throw the truck and hit the road. <laughs> all is our home.